at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. And it's Boxing Wednesday, and let's welcome our guest, the hardest puncher in world boxing right now, and none other than the WBC heavyweight champion, the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. Deontay, good evening, sir, from us here in South Africa. Thank you very much for finding the time to speak to us, and we hope you are well. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure and an honor. You know, how you guys doing today? We are great, Deontay. We are blessed to be speaking to you today. You've got so many fans in South Africa, and I'm sure they're going to call us uh, tonight. Are you well? I'm doing great. You know, just getting ready for November the 23rd against Luis Ortiz on Fox Pay-Per-View. You know, we've been training very, very hard, and I'm looking forward to the day. Before we get into that, Deontay, you were announced as the ambassador for Shiva Africa in September and you said you're looking forward to making a great impact across the world with this uh, a partnership and they're an organization that is de- dedicated in improving health care for children and adolescents living with HIV. How did this partnership come about? Yes, what the partnership came about, actually, you know, I got to give it all to my my, uh, my fiance, uh, Chantel Swift, you know, um, she was the first. She's also a partner with me, so we're partners together, not only in life, but with with Chiba Africa as well. And I'm um, trying to accomplish the mission that uh, Chiba Africa have for as you know, giving health care to children and the lessons they're living with AIDS. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, when they, you know, when she brought it to me about joining, because you know, uh, she was in, she was contacted about it. You know, we talked about it, and we felt like it was a great. You know, great opportunity not only for us, but you know, for for Chief as well to partner with them. And you know, what better person to have than the heavyweight champion of the world that knocks people out? So we feel we can knock this 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 mission out along with Chief of Africa as far as children and adolescents living with this with this this horrible you know disease. So it was a no brainer for me, you know, to be able to join. And to be able to help out, you know, I'm a type of person that I love to help out uh, with people all over the world. So here I am now, partnering with Chiba to be able to fight all over the world with this with with, uh, with this situation dealing with with, with AIDS. So uh, I'm all aboard, baby. Great stuff. And growing up in Alabama, in Alabama, Deontay, and having to overcome a lot of challenges to reach the top, is that why giving back is something close to your heart and important to you? I mean, well, it starts with the family. You know, my my father was a very, very, very hard worker, you know, and um, he always instilled in us, me and my brothers, this this important, the hard work and the importance of, of, you know, giving back, doing something for the community, being able to, you know, to support others besides yourself. You know, he never taught us to be selfish people. And um, I just get the love from my family, you know, and, of course, as I became an adult, I started applying things that he taught, but I also started applying things that I I, I experienced throughout my life as well. You know, mm-hmm. I come from nothing. I come from the bottom, you know, and I had to work myself all the way up to this point now. So, you know, coming up, it, it, it becomes something that's instilled in you to be able to give back, to be able to love, be able to take care of not only your family, but others as well. So, these principles, these morals and goals have been instilled in me since I was a, since, since that birth, you know. And um, I'm just doing God's will right now, I feel. 
Mm. And on that note, has the champ been to the motherland or do you have plans of visiting of visiting us here? Because I mentioned you've got plenty of fans here. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait to come over to the motherland. You know, um, we have so many. Uh, it's been so many different dates set up for us. And uh, we're just trying to get the right opportunity uh, to come. And we're definitely going to come. We're looking forward to it. We're, we're working um, hard to be able to get a date so we can uh, uh, accommodate, you know, the, 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 the many that need to be accommodated there as well as us, you know, for scheduling and everybody coming coming on the same day because not only is we excited, my team, but, you know, uh, coming over to the motherland, um, being able to do a, a city tour, so many people is excited. So many people want to be able to see me put their hands on me, be able to interact with me, and just give me that love as I give my love as back to them as well. So we're looking forward to that, that, that day when it comes, and I absolutely cannot wait. Great stuff. And you, are, you mentioned now you are 10 days away from the rematch with OTs. How have your preparations gone and, uh, for, for this uh, rematch? Oh, man, this, this, the, the preparation has been tough. It has been long and, and far from easy. But with with gaining anything, with gaining any type of success, with covering anything, you must prepare. You must plan. And that's what we're, we've been doing at this point now. We're, we're 100% ready to go. I can't wait to perform for the people and do what I always do when it comes fight night. That's put on the show. I show up. And I show out. <laughs> November twenty third, <laughs> the champ will show up, and he will show out. And we believe that the champ has incorporated swimming and scuba diving into his conditioning program. Is that something you've always been doing, or is it just for this fight? <laughs> well, you know, I've been scuba diving um, uh, for for uh, a couple of years now, and um, I just impl- implemented that in my uh, strength training. Actually. Um, this camp around i've been doing it but you know i said you know what i told my trainers you know because those guys can't do it you know they, they haven't overcame their fear yet so i can't get coached in the water but they can coach me on top <laughs> <laughs> but um you know it, 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 it's amazing to be able to go underwater and be able to see a whole nother beauty of the world you know it's the unexplained it's the undiscovered in the water and, and and I love to see beautiful things. When I go underwater, it's more of a, it's more of, uh, like meditation, more of sand, mm. giving my sanity, my peace, being under there, especially when I'm in the ocean, yeah. where I can see so many beautiful things that, uh, you know, someone in their lifetime would never be able to see. Mm-hmm. And I know that water gives you resistance. It's 12% more resistance than, than, than wind. So it actually helps you. And even when you're hurt or, or, or you need, you need your, your, your body is sore, water is the perfect source for being able to recover. Water helps your whole body. Even muscles that you don't even know you have or it can't even name. Mm. You know, water helps that. And I want to imply that in this camp so I can feel the st- my strongest and when it comes to November 23, I can be at my best. And right now, I'm feeling amazing. And we've got a voice note that's come through for the champ, Deontay Wilder, on 061 4104 Let's listen to that and keep them coming.
some often define you as having the, the killer right hand but what most people fail to realize is that you set up your right hand quite well uh, with the jab uh, behind it when you looked at building your technique and to where it is right now was that something that was drilled into you from the onset to have a good you know jab into a, into a right hand uh, combination or is it something that you developed over you know the number of years fighting thanks for that well, do, do you get um, that yes i did get that that was a great question um actually and um um it is both is is both we uh we we train for we train for for the proper setting up that's with the jab your jab is the most important punch that you will have you know because it is able to control the fight you're able to set up different combinations of the fight and it can get you out of trouble as well when you're when you're tired and um and over the years you know I've developed as well the the a jab that follows behind the right hand I got a great trainer in Mark Breland, um, the um, 84 Olympic um, gold medalist, two-time um, welterweight champion, and um, he 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 allowed me to uh, uh, where well, he taught me many ways of using the jab and structuring the jab and being able to set it up. And you know, I took away what he taught, and I I I put together what I've learned over. over the time over the course of going to different champs camps or having my own champ camp sparring and different people how they react to different ways and I've just studied and studied and and implied everything that I need now it's a muscle memory so when I use my jab it's definitely to set up for this big right hand and when I hit you bam baby good night And with 40 wins from 41 fights, Deontay, uh, people still say that you're not a natural boxer, you're a brawler. Is it something that bothers you or do you just let the numbers and your fists do the talking? Well, it, it's nothing that's bothered me, um especially at this point. Um I always tell people I know who I am. I know what I stand for and I know what I represent. And when you when you got a man that that knows all those qualities about himself, You're not worried about what anyone else think of him. You're not worried about what they say. My grandma used to always tell me, she said, "Baby, you're anointed by God. God is trying to use you." <laughs> And I didn't know what that I didn't know what that mean back in those times when I was young. But I understand every bit of what she was meaning. Uh, you know, uh, in today, um, uh, today, and especially in my profession, you know. So I can't worry about the whispers. I can't worry about what people don't understand because my favorite saying is once understood don't have to be explained for what mm. God has for me is for me. Does that explain why you taking Ortiz on again because a lot of guys seem to avoid him is known to be technical and dangerous but you taking him on for the second time? Yes, yes indeed. You know um Ortiz is very very dangerous. No one in the top 10 the top the top team the top even the top 5 do not want to fight Ortiz uh for two simple reasons for one he's a he's a Cuban mm. uh with a nice amateur background and for two he has very great uh skills as a southpaw you know when you are southpaw and you are orthodox fighter meaning that southpaw is left-handed orthodox is right-handers and you know when you're fighting each other it's the opposite 
you guys are the opposite no matter what you do. And it's very tough to be able to, to fight a guy that has the opposite stance, that throws the opposite punches. You throw the jab, he throws the jab, but it comes from different angles, the different hand switching of hands in the right hand as well. So you have to be very strategic of how you move with southpaws. And with Ortiz's skill level, you know, he's very, very, very dangerous. And I understood why guys don't want to fight him then after I've knocked him out before, and they don't want to fight him now. And another reason I'm blessing Ortiz is because, you know, the first fight I grew a bond with Ortiz, you know, because I can relate to him. Ortiz has a daughter that was born with a, with a rare dis, uh, skin disorder, and I have a child that was born with spina bifida. So, you know, we have two child that's born with, with some type of disorder. And you need money to take care of these kids. You need resources. You need, you, need, you need a lot of things to be able to take care of children with disorders. And I understood that. So when others wouldn't give him the opportunity to make great money to, to provide for his family, to be able to find doctors for his child, as the champion, I wanted to come in and bless him. I wanted him to come in and be able to receive a nice payday, a nice purse, not only for him and, mm-hmm. and, and his in his due diligence of what he doing in the, in the ring and being able to risk his life for the things that he loved, but also for his family as well. You mm-hmm. know, boxing is a dangerous game, and we risk our lives every time for well, others in the team. Okay, we'll just take a quick break and we'll continue right now. FM. And we're still talking to the champ himself, the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder. So many people calling us from all over South Africa. Let's first start with a voice note and we'll take the calls and we'll let the champ answer after that. Okay, we'll go to the lines first. Uh, uh, is that Ace uh, from Johannesburg? Good evening. You. We are fine. Thanks. And you, Ace? Thank you. Thank you, Tabi. So, well, first I would like to thank you for bringing us uh, Deontay Wilder uh, on our airwaves. You are doing a very good job, Tabiso. Now, I just have a quick question for Dante Wilder. I mean, uh, in 1974, we saw one of the greatest uh, events in sports history happening here in Africa. It was the Rumble uh, in the Jungle where uh, George Foreman came up against uh, Muhammad Ali. So I want to ask Dante Wilder if he has any ambitions to fight in the continent. Does he see himself fighting in the continent as we see that the big fights now are going to places like... uh, uh, the, the, the Asian side, you know. So I want to ask okay. him if he has any ambitions to fight in the continent. Great call. Thank you, Ace from Johannesburg. Let's go to Loazi in East London. Good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Fine, thanks and you, sir. Okay, good, good, Tabo. Yes, okay, well, uh, I've, I've got a question for, for, for Dionte. Um, su- suppose uh, he fights and the defeats are in November, then there's a fight that everyone would love to see. And then it promised to the public that he's going to fight against, uh, is going to rather give uh, Tassin Fury a rematch. And then suppose it beats Fury. And then the, uh, Wilder, I mean, sorry, Joshua defeats uh, uh, Ruiz. Are we ever going to see the rematch of which the whole universe is waiting for? Okay. That is, uh, that Great call. Malibongwe in Rodaport. Good evening. Chabiso, how are you? Fine, thanks. Go ahead. Good man. Um, two questions for me. So, question number one for the champ is just to check how he sees himself against the the great Joe Lewis, um, Muhammad Ali, um, and maybe um, Big George Foreman. I'd like to hear how he sees himself against those guys. And the second question is, 
Um, he has mentioned that he would like to take Otis out on stretch, and he has also mentioned in the past that he would like to have the body in his career. Looking at what is happening in current boxing, where people are actually losing their lives, um, how we will feel if that was to happen? Thank you. Okay, thanks for those questions. Uh, Champ, let's start with the first one, maybe. Uh, would you like to fight in Africa if it's made possible? Oh, man, you know, that's something that I've, I've discussed with my team. You know, my team lo- knows that that when I speak about being the heavyweight champion of the world, you know, that means all over the world, you know, not just, you know, in America where I'm from. But I would love to spread my love. I would love to spread my, my talent amongst the world. Where it, if, if it's safe for people to come and, and watch and see, then it's good for me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in, in going – going abroad, going to different places, you know, putting my title on the line, you know, in different territories, you know. So uh, I'm looking forward to one day being able to to travel and defend my title, you know, especially coming to the motherland. You know, that will be amazing, a big dream for me to do. I'm a big fan of Ali and what he's done for the for the sport, being able to travel, you know, just like just like that was announced, the rumble in the jungle. Mm. You know, that's a that's a big dream of mine. So, you know, and they say dreams come true. And I always believe it, speak it, believe it, receive it, and it shall be mine. Definitely. The other question was, uh, if you get past OTs, um, there's been talks that you'll give a, a Fury a rematch, and then after that, Anthony Joshua, what are your plans for the future after OTs? Yes, after OTs, you know, um, and we got to understand, I can't look past RT. Yes. But there is something that, because you have to respect every fighter that steps in the ring. You know, Ortiz is looking to become the first Cuban heavyweight champion of the world. And we know that we've seen many upsets in this sport, especially this year. Mm. You know, uh, uh, so I'm not looking past Ortiz, but I do do something. I look, I look through him. I kind of window shop a little bit. You know, uh, I can't look past him, but I can see my goals. I can see my vision of what I'm trying to do after I beat him. i got to go somewhere. I want to be able to accomplish my task and be able to go to the next step. So in order for me to do that, I must look through him to have motivation to say that I'm going to beat him and get to the next course. And that's what I do. I look I look through him, and um, I will get through him. I'm very strong, very determined. And when I do get through him, it will be me and Tyson Fury. So um, I'm looking forward to, to that. I'm looking forward to beating Tyson Fury. And then, you know, the winner of Joshua Ruiz, whoever the winner of that one. It's going to be a, a great fight, a great rematch between those two guys, you know, putting it all on the line. Uh, my goal is to be one champion, one face, one name. And we're very close with that. We can have that happen um, by next year if everything goes as planned. So, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to fight all the guys in the heavyweight division. You know, um, as the heavyweight champion of the world, I only have six years left, and I want to give my best. I want to dedicate myself to it, and you know, I want to give the fight fans the best fight possible. And where do you rate yourself, Bronze Bomber? They've mentioned Joe Louis. They've mentioned uh, the likes of George Foreman. I mean, you're going for a 10th straight defense of your title. Only five boxers, heavyweight boxers, have defended 10 or more times. Yes. Oh, man. You know, all those names that was mentioned were some amazing names. You know, those guys did amazing jobs through their era. 
in time, you know, especially with Joe Lewis. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm from Alabama, and Joe Lewis is from Alabama as well. You know, and uh, I get my Atlas name, the Bronx Bomber, from Joe Lewis. He was the Brown Bomber. Yeah. And after the Olympics, I, yes, after the Olympics, um, I gained uh, bronze. And coming back home, you know, he was the Bomber. I, I became the Bomber because of the right hand. So he was the Brown Bomber, and I was the Bronze Bomber. You know, and, and it was it, it meant a lot to me being that he was from the same place that I was from, same state that I was from. And, and you know, those guys did an amazing job, you know, during that era. I do feel in this era, with all the technology and, and, and the different things that, you know, the acknowledgement that we have about health and being able to take care of one's body, you know, I think it give us the advantage here in today's uh, society and era of heavyweights, you know, um, how I compare them, you know, I'm the best. My mindset is to be the best, train like you the best, talk like you the best, walk like you the best. Mm -hmm. I've always understood that if you don't believe in self, how can you convince others to believe in you? How can you, how can you tell others that you, 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 this type of person, if you don't believe in yourself, I believe I am the best. That, that I believe I'm definitely the best of this era. And I think I would pan out great with those guys. You know, a lot of people want to um, fantasize, have fantasy fights with the, 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 the old era and the new era, which mm -hmm. is okay. You know, we, you know, people want to know what we'll be like. But, you know, I always have confidence that no matter who I go against, I'm going to conquer, I'm going to defeat them, and, and, and end it with a knockout. And I don't think it will be any different with any of the new or old guys. You mentioned Alabama. There was a victory parade after you beat uh, Beman Steven for the WBC title back in uh, 2015. I mean, is that what your win meant to the people of Alabama, and how special was that for you? Oh, man, that, the, the parade was amazing. You know, um, Dylan, living here in Alabama, you know, they never, they had never, they never had something like boxing. You know, it's been around for years, but Alabama is more consistent of football, American football, you know, and uh, that's what we saw day in and day out as a child, day in and day out, football, football, and still to this day, they're champions. They win, you know, multiples of, of time. And so as a child, what you're around, you want to become. Mm. And, you know, I always had inspirations and and, and and goals and dreams of playing for the Alabama Crimson Tide, you know. And But uh, when you have one plan, God has another plan for you. And, uh, you know, playing football and things wasn't, wasn't for me. I think he put me in the right profession, you know, at the right time in my career so I can be able to not only display my talent amongst the world but also affect the world with my actions that I do not only on the inside but on the outside as well. So I'm very, very grateful to be able to, you know, perform and do what I do in the ring and bring so many people around the world together and cheer for me and love me as I show love to them. There was also a question about your comments about catching a body ahead of your fight against Dominic Brizal. I remember the WBC saying they were going to launch an investigation. How do you look back at that comment and what did you mean by that, Deontay? You just had to ask, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, um, as some may know, and some have grown with me throughout my career to understand that I, 
can I switch on and off. You know, uh, inside the ring, I'm the bronze bomber. With the bronze bomber, you know, uh, the bronze bomber he risks his life for others' entertainment, and and this is a switch for me. My mindset, my body, you know, the feeling that I have, I, it's like I become a warrior. You know, I fight with the ancestors in the ring with me, and when it's like that, it's, it's just a different power that I feel. And with Bron Bomber, he had to be so, you know, he had to be so confident in himself. And sometimes he either say things, you know, like killing a man. Although boxing, you know, is a sport where things can happen. God has blessed me with tremendous power. And when I speak to these guys, although I do mean what I say, you know, but at the end of the day, when all my all the energy is released in the ring. When I have my opponent, we release our energy uh, in the ring. After that, you know, I come back to Deontay Wilder, mm. which is a loving guy, a caring guy, a guy that want to see everyone succeed and make it. Even if they do better than me, I'm happy for you, you know. And that's just something that my energy, you know, is released at that time of working. Look, we train months and months at a time for one specific, um, particular guy, months and months in time, I have my opponent in my head. When I eat, when I sleep, when I do things with my, my family, you know, months and months, I'm hitting the bag, I'm thinking about this guy. I'm talking about boxing, I'm thinking about this guy. So if you're building that over and over again in your head, of course you're going to want to feel some type of way as well. You're going to want to destroy the, your opponent. You're going to want to get him out of there. You know, and when it comes fight night, I, 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 I display my talent as being the bronze bomber, and I go on and knock guys out. It's nothing personal, just only business. Okay, as we wrap up now, let's take the last voice note for Deontay Wilder. Uh, good evening, Tabiso and the champ. Uh, Tabiso, this is Josiah from APE. Um, a question for the champ. Uh, doesn't he think that the fight against Ortiz is a risk simply because of what happened um, in the first fight? And remember, he almost uh, lost the fight, um, but he eventually came back and knocked the lights out of Ortiz. Um, secondly, uh, who does he think will win between Uruiz and Joshua? And when is he planning to fight the winner of, of of that fight so that he can unify the um, the the heavyweight so yeah see ya from APE. okay thanks for that see i think he's answered the last part but let's get to i he's, he's asking champ if you're not taking a risk considering what happened in the first fight i know there was that seventh round where he gave you a hard time but you dug you dug deep and came back strongly most definitely you know and um this this rematch is a very very dangerous fight. A lot of people is calling me crazy. They said, "Deontay, you're crazy for going in there and taking that fight again." You know, and then you know people always re- re- result back to the seventh round. You know, um, and yeah, uh, uh, when Ortiz uh, had his best moment, I was highly buzzed, but I wasn't hurt. You know, um, I knew what was everything that was going on. I was talking. To, I had my inner voice talking to myself. In that fight, in, in in between the seven round, I made sure that I was on the right side of the referee. I kept telling myself, "Hit him, hit him here, hit him there." Even if it was just pity pats, I wanted to stay active. I wanted the referee to understand and indicate to him that I am very well here. I can comprehend very well, and I, I and I can notice that my opponent is here. You know, um, so the 
referee wouldn't have stopped it. You know, it looked at very, very, very close to the referee being able to stop it, you know. But um, I'm a warrior. And that night I showed that I was a true warrior. I was a true king in there, that you could overcome adversity. You know, and even in life, things start to get hard and tough for us. And we feel, we seem to give up at times because it get too hard. It's life. But as a champion, I try to show people that not only that I, that I you know, I'm going to speak things to existence, but I'm going to practice what I preach. And I showed everyone that night the true elegance of being a champion, the true meaning of being a, a champion, not only in the ring, but in life, because that was a life lesson for me. That was a life decision, because I could have quit. Mm. I could have quit. And, and like the caller said, I almost lost. But we know almost doesn't count, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still the champion. And um, I can't wait for the next one. And how do you see Joshua um, Ruiz going? Yes. Um, with the Ruiz and Joshua fight, you know, it's, 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 it's really going to be up to those guys, you know, how hard that they train and what they can take from the first fight and imply in the second, in, the, in, the, in their training to be able to have a great fight the second time around. You know, uh, with me personally, I think Ruiz came in, he did a wonderful job of what he did, was able to, you know, knock Joshua down not only one time, but four times. You know, I think uh, Ruiz was um, misunderstood and he was looked over. That's why I say I never looked past an opponent, but I definitely looked through him. And and the rematch, because of how he was able to beat Joshua, I'm highly going in, in, in Ruiz's favor for the second time around, you know. Um, but we'll see what happens. Mm. You know, Joshua, I'm sure he thought about this situation many, many times. I'm sure that he even went back and he even corrected his wrongs and to rights. And it should be a great fight. I'm looking forward to the whole uh, uh, for the for the journey of those two to see who was the better man, who's the better who's the better man of them all. You know, uh, it, someone has to redeem themselves. You know, and we're gonna see what happens. But most of all, I hope those guys get in the ring with great health, and I hope they they leave the ring with great health as well. Finally, where do you stand in this uh, debate of the franchise champion? They're saying if you win, you become a franchise champion where you don't have to face a mandatory challenger and you can't be dethroned by a defeat. Yes, you know, it don't even sound right for me. You know, I don't think franchise champion fits, you know, in the position that I'm in. I love fighting my mandatories. I love being able to give these guys the opportunity, you know, to fight. They come to the one and two position. You know, they work very hard to be, to put themselves in a position position to be the challenger number one and number two you know um i know t- at times and times again it takes a while for for uh, you know mandatories to be able to you know fight because you know as a champion especially for me i'm all about unification i want to unify the division i feel that it's too many belts already in in in, in boxing period it, it confuses people that's that's on the outside looking in What's going on? Who's the champion again? So you tell them you have a, uh-huh. a, a, a a main champion, a regular champion, an intern champion, a babysitting champion, a guy that think about this. It's too many champions. Mm. So when you're talking about the franchise belt, that belt doesn't fit me. It doesn't fit my personality. It doesn't fit my game plan or what I'm trying to do for the future. I don't want to dismiss. Uh, 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 I don't want to dismiss mandatories. I want to be able to fight them. You know, I want to be able to fight everyone in the division. I'm not trying to run away, you know. And um, so with that being said, 
franchise, you would never see Deontay Wilder with the franchise belt strapped around his waist. I don't, it don't represent me as well. <laughs> uh, not taking away from all the other guys that has this belt. You know, if it's for you, then it's for you. But it's not for Deontay Wilder. The same goes for a lineal champion. You don't recognize that. <laughs> Deontay, it's been an honor for us to speak to you, sir. We're really blessed today here in South Africa to be talking to you. And I hope you've just had uh, or, or realized the impact that you have also in our country, in our continent, from the people that have called and have sent voice notes uh, just wanting to speak to you and ask you a few questions. Yes, yes, and I, I thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure as well as an honor. And um, I'm looking forward to that day where I can come to the motherland and release my and release my spirit. I want to go to the top of this mountain and say, I'm here! <laughs> and I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be a pleasure. It's going to be an honor, not only for me, for my family that I bring with me as well. And um, thank you guys so much for, for your questions and calling in. Thank you guys so much in South Africa and all all across the continent of Africa, baby. I love you guys so much, and, 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 and I wish you nothing but many, 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 many blessings from now until forever. And we'll end with this one. Evening, Mr. Msia Tulania from Orlando. Great interview with the one face, one champ, one name. It's not personal, but it's business. Thank you. This man just reminds me that boxing is not about confidence, but arrogance. Thank you. Thank you for that. And send our regards uh, to your daughter, Naya Deontay. I know you always speak about her. She's one of us also. Uh, uh, thank you so much. You know, she, she works so hard. She's 14 years old right now. She went through a lot, but she's here. She's happy, and uh, she has a, definitely a testimony. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Deontay Wilder, the bronze bomber, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, speaking to us all the way from Alabama uh, ahead of his fight against uh, Ortiz on the 23rd. Thank you to everybody uh, for those voice notes. Thank you for the calls. There are so many uh, tweets coming through. I didn't even get to read them, uh, but uh, there's a message from Pumzile Dubase who says, hello champ, I'm glad listening to you. I respect and I love you as a great boxer. Uh, the question is, who would win between AJ and Ruiz? I think the man has answered that. He actually said that he's going with Ruiz there, but he just wishes them all uh, the best of luck. And uh, Tami says, yeah, um, Wilder still dominated that Ortiz fight. It was a great seventh run by Ortiz, but it never really uh, looked like uh, the end there for Wilder. And he says it's going to be an epic fight round two. Big ups to the Bronze Bomber for giving Ortiz a fighting chance. Anything on the horizon against Anthony Joshua and Wilder. Okay, he's already answered that. And Tammy says that fight could be in a neutral venue like South Africa. Thank you very much. Yeah, we hope that it happens. I mean, even our own champions can't fight here at home. So it's going to take a lot. Uh, but look, the man wants to come here and uh, anything is possible, as he said. Put it out there to the universe and it will happen. Toby says he's currently the best heavyweight in the world and uh, says he is a number one and uh, Sia says great stuff thank you for bringing us uh, Deontay Wilder as that's what Bantu Bonke is also saying on uh, Twitter and uh, Martha 
Mata Lidimo says, uh, one of my favorites. I'm listening to the show. Thank you for listening. And Soli Malatsi says, levels in China. Levels. Uh, thank you for that. And there are also so many messages coming through on uh, Facebook. Thank you very much uh, to everybody that's been listening to our interview uh, with uh, Deontay Wilder. Up next, we are going to speak to another champ and uh, the South African sportsman of the year, Muruti Mtalane, who is already on the line, by the way. Babyface, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM. No, good evening from my brother and good evening to everyone at SAFM. How are you feeling a few days after being crowned SA Sportsman of the Year? Uh, I'll say that I'm excited. I'm feeling very, I'm, I'm feeling very happy uh, because uh, I was not, uh, I, I didn't thought I would take it. Mm. I was nominated. I was happy when I heard that I'm nominated, but I, I didn't think that I, I, I would take it. Rem- fortunately, they chose me to take it. And I remember when we spoke to you before the awards, you actually didn't even expect to be nominated. You must be mm. proud then to become the first boxer to win this award. Yeah, I'm very proud, especially to boxing in South Africa. I think it's a good step uh, of boxing that boxing is going up in South Africa mm, because uh, one of the boxers, like as, I'm, I'm, as I won the SA Sports of the Year award, I think it's for boxing, yes. Mm, and do you think it's about time that boxing gets recognized, especially at these awards? Yeah, of course. Uh, like now, I'm a sportsman of the year. Many people didn't even know about boxing, but since I became sportsman of the year, they know now that they're going to start to follow boxing now. Mm. And and what did you make of the guys you were up against, Andy Beckett and Chadley Claw? Mm, I think, I thought because, uh, especially Chadley Claw, because he's well known in South Africa, I thought he was the one who was, who was going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know much about uh, Andrew Pickett, but I, I know uh, Chet mm. And And also, uh, Muruti, I mean, looking back at what you've achieved over the period, do you now believe that you deserve this award? Yeah, when I, I go back, uh, especially last year and this year, last year, remember, I went to Malaysia last year, July, yes. uh, to win the IPF World Champion. In December, I went to Macau in China, and I defended it by knockout. This year, again, I went to to Japan. I defended it on points. No, I think I deserve <laughs> it when I, I go back, look what I've done. Yeah, I'm very proud of myself. And you're going back again in December? How are the preparations going? Uh, the preparations are going very well. Like uh, when I came from Devon on Monday, I, I, I went back to the. Uh, I went. I started to continue where I left off on Friday when I went to Devon. So I, I would say my preparations are going very well. Uh, I'm ready because I'm fighting on the 23rd of December in Yokohama, Japan, against Akiri Yekashi. So I'll be ready for him. Have you been watching him? Have you seen anything? Any footage of him? Mm, yes, I did. Yeah, he's a good boxer. He's also a former world champion. So I think I think it's gonna be a good fight. There will be a competition, a good competition between us. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm the one who's gonna become victory. Mm. And just back to the award, Muruti. In terms of family, I mean, who would you say has been your pillar of strength or support in your career? I know there was a time when you were inactive for a while, but you've bounced back strongly. First of all, I would like to thank my wife. Hey, he's been so supportive to me when my career didn't go well. She was she was there for me, supporting me. 
Uh, even now, she's still there for me. We went together to Deppen when I won this award. So um, he's very supportive wife, my wife and my my mother. I also like to thank my brothers, they, they, all my family members. I'd like to say thank you to all of them. Mm. And how do you describe the role that Colin Nathan has also played in your career? Uh, I think uh, Colin Nathan played a very important role in my career, especially when I joined him. So many people uh, thought I, I was done in boxing. They, only few people could believe that I was still going to be a world champion. But when I joined Colin Nathan, he did all the best, the best to put me in shape again and got me another shot at world title and I won it. Okay, just stay on the line because we've got Boxing SAC. Oh, Mr. Tsulu Lijaka. Mr. Lijaka, good evening, sir. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM. Uh, good evening, Tabiso. And uh, well done, man, for keeping uh, elevating uh, the, the, the horizons of boxing in South Africa. Uh, I, I think I need to congratulate you first, but most importantly, to also congratulate Muruti. Uh, he has cemented what we always believed we are worth. Mm. Uh, but we just needed that affirmation, you know. Uh, I was so excited, Sunday, uh, I was actually in the venue when he got announced. Uh, I mean, the entire hall went quiet uh, for a while in disbelief and shock. Mm. Uh, because when we said this three years ago, that I, I remember then uh, the, the prominent guys were Itimele Kune and mm. among others. When we told them and cautioned them that, guys, we are coming, uh, watch the space. Because we, we're not only about boxing being back, we want to be about boxing be, being back on top. Uh, we needed a soldier like Moruti to, to go into the trenches and, and, and place our flag high up there. And he has done that wonderfully. Well done to him and well done to his team. And it was coming because Zolani Tete and Heke Butler were nominated last year. So there's consistency now. There is consistency. And when you look at it, it's also organic consistency. Mm. Uh, I was looking at the evolution at provincial level. Uh, at, in the northwest province, Mesil uh, Yamukaila received mm. an excellence award from the MEC that right. In KwaZulu-Natal, uh, our provincial manager, retired now, Les Andreasen, received a lifetime achievement from the MEC and the Premier that fight. When look at the Endroom Langeni Green Jacket, we received two recipients, Anthony Morobi and Levi Madi, this year. And then Muruti then was cherry on top, and then he basically cemented it all. So I'm glad that, you know, the seeds that we've been planting over the years over the years are starting to grow in an organic way around the country we are starting to see these offshoots uh, i think some efforts that have been put in are starting to pay off on that note ceo you mentioned itumel and kune and i know him uh, he's very popular with these awards why do you think boxing or boxers are not as recognized as footballers or cricket players or rugby players it's because of the boxing broadcast dilemma mm. uh, because it takes uh, people of keen interest, like journalists, like researchers, to follow what Muruti has done and understand it. But an ordinary uh, food, uh, sport fanatic fails to connect with the enormous achievements of a person like Muruti because these are not delivered to his homestead when he's sitting on his couch. And that is the bridge that the television must play for us. Uh, SABS Supersport is doing that. But when it comes to the uh, national broadcaster, you still have that gap. And because it does not even happen uh, at, 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 at a point of competition, 
it then does not even carry through to things like your lifestyle uh, and your magazine shows and all that. So it's a big problem. Uh, and, and, and what was even more sad, Tabiso, mm. on the 27th of October this year, we were literally commemorating to exactly two years since the last live boxing bout on SABC. Mm. The last time there was a live boxing bout on SABC was when Tiko Mulovetti was fighting at uh, Peter Mukaba Stadium in, in, on the 27th October 2017. I've been reflecting these things out with SABC. According to what they are saying, there are plans in place. We will reconvene again and hopefully we will bring an end to this boxing blackout because it is doing disservice to the beauty of the work that, uh, such as the one that Murutin Talani has done and the work that has earned him this prize of Sportman of the Year. Great stuff. Thank you, CEO, for joining our conversation. We just wanted to celebrate Muruti and highlight what he's done. And I uh, do agree with you because I read a report somewhere that says little known Muruti Mtalane has won Sportsman of the Year. I could not believe what I was reading. And it just shows you uh, the power of a TV, what it can do if people were seeing live boxing on a TV. Colin Nathan is also on the line. Uh, Colin Muruti has spoken glowingly about you. Uh, I know you spoke to uh, Mr. Makasela uh, this week in the so and you had no words to explain what this win means. Do you have any words tonight to explain to us what Sportsman of the Year for Muruti means? Well, firstly, let me start this interview by saying viva to you and the listeners. Viva. Over the moon, ecstatic. Uh, you know, Muruti may speak volumes about me, but I've got to speak volumes about him. Absolute warrior. Absolute class act in and out of the ring. Gentlemen through and through. So really deserved, deserving of this award. Absolute ambassador for not only South African boxing, but African boxing. One of the legends of and the greats of African boxing. His storyline is just incredible. You know, people thought he was, you know, dead and gone. You know, vacated his IBO World Championship, went on to fight for the IBF World Championship, winning that unbeaten in 11 years. It's just a great story. And... I'm just honored and privileged to be working with such a great fighter and, and him choosing me to be his trainer. It's just, I have no words. I'm so, so happy for him. I'm so happy for South African boxing and I'm happy for the, the exposure and the coverage that he's getting through this award. And it's not just local and in, in Africa. Mm. It's been international. The, the messages that I've got have been from all over the world. People are recognizing this award as a massive major achievement for Maruti and Salani. And what's key to his longevity? Dedication, mate. Uh, he's always, always taking his physical health very seriously. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't party in between, doesn't eat a lot of junk food. He, he's always in shape and he's got a great defense. Longevity is based on those kind of things. Look at Mayweather and his defense mm. and, and being a true athlete and just proud of this guy. It's just, it's just incredible. You know, I'm, <laughs> I keep using the word incredible, but yeah, and, and, and you've got to not give him, give him the credit. He's an absolute legend. You know, it's very hard to use that word legend because, you know, a lot of people use that word loosely, but Maruti Mtalani, he is a legend.
A true legend indeed. Thanks, Colin, for weighing in. We've also got a message from Mr. Dubasa again who says, Good evening, babyface. I wish you all the best in your upcoming fight. I know you'll conquer the, conquer the world because of your dedication, discipline and hard work uh, in the sport. Those are some of the messages coming through for the SA Sportsman of the Year there, uh, Muruti Mtalane. Muruti, you've heard everybody speak about you, speak glowingly uh, about you. What would you like to say to the people that have supported you through your journey? Mm, I would like to thank everybody who have been supporting me since I've started boxing till now. Uh, they made me who I am today. Without them, I don't think I'll achieve anything in boxing because they're always there supporting me. They're always there advising me to everything. So I would like to say thank you so much to all of them. And congratulations once again, champ, and thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. Okay, now thank you very much, Tabiso. Thank you. And we've got a minute and a half. It gives us time to find out what's coming up on Friday on the TKO Boxing Show. Kwena Mwabelo, uh, good evening, sir. What do you have in store for us? Well, uh, Tabiso, thank you very much uh, for having me. We um, um, have a special guest, uh, Muruti. Uh, <laughs> uh, as you know that he, uh, I'm sure you guys have been talking about it. Yeah. That uh, he has done well, first boxer to win the Sportsman of the Year, and it's something unheard of. So we'll be celebrating him on Friday. We'll also have another legend as we are celebrating heroes. Uh, Tulani Sugarboy Malinga will be joining us in studio. Oh. Um, yeah, so those are basically the two special guests that we'll be having on the show tomorrow, I mean on Friday. And then we will have some highlights from the last event in Tefon thing. But the focus will really be on celebrating Rudy and uh, the legend Tulani Sugarboy Malinga. He got, he got a Lifetime Achievement Award and well-deserved too, right? Absolutely, yes, indeed. Uh, I mean, uh, you can't tell the story of South African boxing without talking about Tulani um, Sugarboy Malinga and his achievements. And a gentleman of the game uh, has always been uh, humble despite all uh, that he has achieved. So it would be great just to tell his story once again. Great stuff. When is it 10.30? Yes, uh, we are on 10.30, Friday, SABC2. And who's in the other corner this Friday? Well, uh, this Friday, I think I'm with uh, Bongani Makasela. Um, uh, so he will be taking the, the shots from my side, and then Mrutum Talan will be on my side helping me out. I can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> you never lose, Gwena no, I will not lose with Mrutum uh, on my side. <laughs> <laughs> Except for your only professional fight. But thank you uh, for joining us, Gwena Mwabelo, anchor of the TKO Boxing Show on SABC2. And MZ says, good luck to the champ Moruti. All the best to him for his upcoming fight. And that's it, guys. Thank you for everybody that's tuned in with our interview with Deontay Wilder will put up the podcast bright and early uh, tomorrow morning and we will uh, so check out our timelines on uh, social media by the way and um, uh, it looks like the match between the Tuanis Spartans and the Nelson Mandela Bay Giants in uh, Pretoria has been abandoned now it's been washed out the Tuanis Spartans were on 33 for 4 after 7 overs when the heavens opened up and oh my no oh my goodness AB de Villas was on 10 not out so we're not going to be able to see what he had in store it's the second match uh, for the Twanis Spartans that's been washed out. Also in Deben, they had a washout against the Heat there. So let's hope the rain stays away for the remainder of the Mzansi Super League. It is time for news. My name is Tabi Somosia. I thank you to Katakom Mudiba for getting us Deontay Wilder and Sylvester Komane at the back.